What's up, guys, and welcome to the Not A Real Pastor Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Lindsay, and each week we take a dive into our student ministry and discuss what we did so that maybe you can find some tips or ideas or encouragement that you can plug into your student ministry. So let's dive right into the show. First of all, just to let you know, we're not going to have too much to talk about is what we did in our week of student ministry because we didn't do much uh, that could probably like encourage you because mainly we're renovating our student ministry building and all we did was paint and get that ready to paint some more uh, so sunday night and wednesday night we just cleaned up and and painted and, and we had some intentional prayer and prayer requests but that's pretty much all we did sunday morning we were going through dangerous prayer and i think that it re- went really well um, and that's that's pretty much it as far as what we did as a student ministry uh and and that so i wasn't even going to do a podcast episode this week but i got up friday morning and decided you know what i'm going to keep consistent this is episode 10 it's a big episode because you know most podcasts fail after seven episodes and we're going to to episode 10 so i've got to keep it going i got to keep the mighty momentum of my five listeners up but uh no like um we didn't really do too much but we did do a lot like if that makes sense. So um, I talked a little bit about it last week, and you can go back and listen to that podcast about exactly what we're doing in our student ministry building. But yeah, I would definitely say check out episode nine. But what I want to talk about in episode 10 is something I get asked about sometimes and something that I don't know if I've talked about too much in depth. And, and I'm just going to do it. Like, I'm just going to do it for episode 10. Um, and it's basically recapping over a decade of ministry for for myself. Um, so I guess I'll start back uh, around 06. Yeah, I think it was 06, somewhere along in there. Uh, I felt the call to go into ministry, and I ran from it for quite a while. I finally surrendered to ministry and was licensed to ministry around late 2007, early 2008. Uh, so I was 18 then um, and uh, surrendered completely. My first, uh, my first message was on a Sunday night and I preached for like 50 minutes. Uh, I rambled so much. But I got voted and licensed that night, and uh, it was great. Uh, I became a volunteer youth leader at my home church for about a year. I, I served as as a volunteer student leader, and let me just tell you, I was pretty terrible at it. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot more bad than there was good just to be completely transparent with you guys, uh, there was so many gaffes and so many like things that I did that I shouldn't have done because I just didn't know what I was doing. Like I had no idea what I was doing. And I don't think that it helped that I had, uh, I don't want to, you know, cause I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. 
okay? Because this, this is, let me just preface this, okay? Let me just preface this with, there's never, I've never served under anyone, any pastor, worship leader, deacons, any, anyone like that, that I just look back on and say, man, I just, like, they were detrimental to the student, to my, to my growth, okay, they were just absolutely, like, I, I couldn't work with them, because I feel like I can work with pretty much anyone, but I, I say that to say this, my first year as a student pastor, it did not help that I didn't have a pastor who more than likely didn't understand student ministry, like, just being honest, I think there was a Big enough age gap there that he really didn't understand student ministry and how it worked and, and things like that. And then because I didn't have any experience communicating with a senior pastor, it was just, it just stunk, right? Like I would go and try to meet with him about things and it was just, man, I, I would come out of those meetings like, did we accomplish anything? And he was a phenomenal pastor. Like I learned so much like under his teaching, but as far as growing, I really did. And, and, you know, maybe I'll look at that 10 years down the road and maybe I'll have a different mindset, but at 30 right now, I feel like I didn't grow so much. And I think that this leads into the second chapter of, of my growth or my, year as a student minister because this happened um after serving for about a year at my home church um i was approached i was approached by a uh, another student pastor actually where my grandmother went to church at, at trinity first baptist and i think that he saw that i was struggling and that i needed someone to kind of like take me under their wing and, and, and grow and point me in a direction that I needed to go to. And he just, he said, Hey, um, you know, I need an intern. Our ministry's growing. I'm sure that you know that. And I did, um, their, their entire church was growing from, from every part, every aspect, worship, student ministry, college ministry, like every part of their church was growing. They were booming. And he said, you know, I need some help and you need some help too learning what to do in student ministry. So why don't you come on as an intern? And I, I literally live like two miles from the church. So it worked out. I stepped down uh, for my position at West Shady Grove and I tried to mend any relationships that I could if I felt like that they weren't, you know, if they weren't well. I tried to figure out how to mend those relationships. So I stepped down uh, West Shady Grove and went to Trinity and I learned so much. I learned so much from Micah and I learned so much uh, on how to do ministry and how to develop relationships and things like that. And I was a part for, for well over a year. Um, I felt like we were absolutely killing it as, as student ministry. There were nights that we would have 50 or 60 students. I think one night we had like 58 students or something like that. And if you're listening to this and you, you know, you're at a large 
uh, church or anything like that. 58 students for a rural county church is huge. And uh, we, we were absolutely killing it. And uh, Micah ended up stepping down after about eight or nine months of me being there. He stepped down after after a summer camp, and I kind of moved into that role as an interim, I guess you could say. Uh, he kind of just kind of just took over there as an interim student pastor, and um, had some students leave. And I, and I learned I'm gonna try to put this together and kind of book in this chapter too. But I, I want to say this: I kind of learned some things right there and I'll talk about that at the end but I moved into that role as an interim and uh, we lost some students but we also gained some students and we kind of we kind of steadied the ship if that makes sense because you know if you lose someone that students loved and people loved then you might lose those people but I think we steadied that ship, and we ended up having about 25 to 30 students that would show up on a Wednesday night each week. And again, that was pretty dang good for a rural county, right? But where it got tricky was after a couple of months, I kept the things going that Michael was doing. But the problem arose is when they said, okay, we've got to move forward now, so what are we going to do? Um, Micah led worship, and he was student pastor. I'm not a worship leader. I can't sing. The only thing I can do is, like, play Spotify, right? Like, I'm not a worship leader. And they wanted someone who could do that, who could lead worship and... um, lead the student ministry so that's what they were looking for and 100 i was okay with that like i was completely fine with that the problem was is i had people coming up to me that they were not okay with that because they were like you know you're still leading the student ministry you're leading it well you know all this stuff why aren't they considering you and as a young man and a young minister, that put me in a really awkward position because, honestly, I was. I, we were leading well. We were we had consistent numbers and all that. But the church wanted to go in a different direction. And I didn't know how to handle that whenever I was approached uh, with questions like that. Like, what are they going to do? And students were approaching me, asking me, like, hey, what are we going to We want you and all this stuff. I'm like, you know. That's fine. I mean, I love it. I love doing what because I did. I love the church and love the people there, love the pastor, you know, all these things. So I was like, it put me in a real, real awkward spot. Um, and I noticed whenever they would bring in people, and this is kind of where it got got crazy. And and I think that some people thought, thought that whenever I did leave Trinity that it was because of a huge rift. And I, I want to clarify that it really wasn't because of a huge rift. I think it was just awkward. But whenever they would bring in people, uh, I'll never forget, they brought in someone, and like right afterwards, like eight youth approached me and were like, hey, 
if if he gets voted in, uh, we're leaving. They shouldn't do you like this. And then I had adults doing the same thing, like three or four adults coming to me and telling me this. I'm like, look, I, I can't help. You know, if they want to go this direction, they want to go this direction. I, I can't help that. And it put me in such an awkward spot. And I had never been through anything like that. And whenever I would try to approach the pastor about that, he's like, well, you know, you just tell them that, uh, that you're just, you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> he really didn't give me much of a, um, he really didn't give me much help or guidance there and I was needing some help and guidance there and eventually I just said you know what I'm gonna step away I'm gonna step down from this and I'm gonna let you guys do what you need to do and I think that because of that some of those students uh, got mad and thought that I stepped down because I was forced to step down but I really wasn't forced to step down. Uh, I stepped down because it's something that I saw. And it's, this is how I'm going to kind of book in this part. Is some students left when Micah left because they liked Micah and they didn't grasp the gospel. Some students were going to leave because I was going to leave because they liked Kevin. But they didn't grasp the gospel. And I understand that every church, if if a pastor leaves, some people are going to leave. But that, as I look back on that, is a huge mistake for me. Because I think I kind of fed into that. And I hate that now, looking back on it. Because I, I hate feeling like the emphasis is on me instead of the gospel. And... And I look back at that, and man, it just—it's a bitter pill to swallow. But I think that it, I think it was the truth. So I stepped down, and stepping down wasn't good enough, apparently, uh, because students would still come up to me and still question me. And I finally just got sick of it. I was engaged. I was engaged to Rachel at that point, and there was a lot of stuff going on. So I I met. Uh, with the pastor, it was like, hey, I'm going to leave. Like, I'm going to to leave. I went and met with the pastor with Shady Grove, and, and we mended a lot of what went on, what went wrong. Uh, my first year student ministry, we mended that relationship, and I'm so glad that we did. Uh, and I said, hey, I, I want to come back, and I just want to come back as a member if y'all need help in student ministry, I'll do it. But I've got so much going on. Like I'm, I'm getting ready to get married and, and all this stuff. I just want to come back and, and be a, a normal church member. Okay. If y'all need help anywhere, I'll volunteer and whatever. But I don't want to step into that leadership role right now. And he was fine with that. And I'm so glad I done that. And I met with uh, Trinity Senior Pastor and told him what was going on. He really didn't care for it, to be honest. Um, but I, I told him, I said, you know, this is how it's got to be. Like, it, it's got to be like this. I, I've got so much going on that I've got to kind of step away from that. 
and I've got to step away and kind of get away. And I think that he thought that some students were going to follow me to West Shady Grove because, you know, I think, I'm pretty sure he mentioned that. And I was like, look, that's not what it's going to be. If they follow me to West Shady Grove, I'm not teaching over there. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be a normal church member. Um, and I don't think he quite understood that. Eventually, he did. Uh, my grandmother actually, I think, told him too, and was like, "Hey, he's not—he's not leading anywhere. Like, he's not leading in the church. He's not going to be a Sunday school teacher. He's not going to be a youth leader. Anything. He's just going to be a church member." So, anyway, um, done that. Went back to West Shady Grove. Got married. Um, was approached. Uh, right after I got married, I uh, was approached by Kevin Price, who was like, "Hey, I need some help. We've we've got this church plant uh, that we're that we're doing. Student ministry starting to boom. Need some help. Would you consider coming to help?" And at that point, I had been married, um, had, had gotten me and all this stuff, and I was like, "You know what? Prayed with Rachel about it." So, you know, that would be great to kind of come in and get my feet wet again. Because I had been out, you know, I, I hadn't served or anything. That would be great. So, I went with Kevin uh, and then Nate Blackledge, who was the senior pastor there. Great church, great people. Filled in there, all of that. Um and it, it was great. It was great to get back into a ministry, into a healthy ministry. Both people understood youth ministry. Both people had a mission. Uh, they knew exactly what they wanted to do. And it was great. And I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, Kevin ends up resigning. I did not step into that role. Like, uh, no. Did not step into that role. I filled in and, and, and taught some. But I didn't step into that interim role. So they looked for uh, someone else. I told them, you know, hey, he was leading worship too. He was doing student ministry. I'm not, we are not going down this road that we went with Trinity. Like, I'll fill in, but you find someone. If this is what we're doing, I'm going to support that person or those people, whoever you get. I'm going to fall back in line as like an intern. And that's exactly what we did, and it worked out. But during this time, uh, I got an interview with a church, uh, and actually a couple of churches. <laughs> I got an interview uh, with one church, and then I got a church uh, interview with a church on its Fair Ridge Baptist Church. And it's on September the twenty fifth of twenty eleven, uh, I interviewed at that church. And um, I thought the interview went pretty well. And uh, a couple of months later, or maybe maybe not even a couple of months, maybe a month later, they said they weren't going in that direction. Like they weren't, like we, we both prayed about it. I prayed about it. They prayed about it. And we weren't going in that direction. They picked uh, another, another guy who I know really well. Um, but he stayed just a couple of months and uh, apparently didn't fit, didn't work out. And they interviewed me again. And, uh, and like literally not not long, like just a couple of months. Huh? And they interviewed me again and we're like, hey, 
you you uh, interviewed Will the first time. Let's just kind of rehash this and let's pray about it and see what happens. And um, it, it it happened. Like I I was uh, voted in as an interim, and uh, I stayed there for several months as an interim, and was officially voted in as uh, a student pastor for Ferris Baptist Church. And from there, uh, so late 2011, early 2012 to 2020, here we are. And I know this episode is running long. We're past the 20 minute mark, but, um, here we are. And I want to kind of wrap this up. Um, I learned a lot from 2012 to 2020. But looking back on it, I also learned a lot from 2008 to 2011. And some things that I learned that I think a lot of young youth pastors can learn from is there are some keys to longevity in any student ministry. And the first one is prayer. Man, if, if I go, if I went back 2008 and I jumped into that role again at West Shady Grove the first thing I would do is pray a lot more um not that I didn't pray in West Shady Grove and Trinity and all in those ministries but I would have prayed a lot more I would have soaked my leaders in more prayer I would have soaked our students in more prayer and myself in more prayer because I think that I didn't do enough of that. And the second thing that I've learned is consistency. Uh, I think I learned that more at Trinity than I did at West Shady Grove. And that's having consistency in everything that we do. And I'm, I'm still learning that. Okay, because there was some inconsistency whenever I first started at Fair Ridge. But I've learned the older I get consistency is key and i'm still learning that in 2020 i've talked about it in previous episodes consistency in the ministry is key at Ridge, we've never had a huge student ministry i've never approached the 25 30 35 40 50 students that we had at trinity we had a booming student ministry at Trinity. There were nights, there were there was literally 50 or 60 students on Wednesday nights at Trinity. And it was amazing. It was amazing to see that many students there. And I've never approached those numbers at Fair Ridge. But what I have tried to do is have consistency in my ministry. And that's something that I met with our leaders a couple of months ago. And it literally brought me to tears. Because one of my deacons said, throughout your time from 2012 to 2020, you have brought consistency to this student ministry. And that brought me to tears because it's something that I've always wanted and I've always strived for, is to have a consistent student ministry. And whether that's consistently engaging with your students, consistent messages, consistent services, whatever it may be, consistency in the student ministry is something that you need for longevity another thing is relationships with leaders and I honestly besides prayer I think this is right underneath 
prayer is relationship with leaders. My first year in student ministry sucked because I did not have a good relationship with my leaders. And relationships with leaders is a two-way street. But you can do a lot to help your relationship with your leaders. That was the same way my first year of student ministry, my, my, my student ministry at Trinity, I could look back on that and I could have better relationships with leaders. I look at my time at Fairridge and my relationship with leaders, I'm talking senior pastors here, is there's been times where I feel like I could have had a better relationship with my senior pastor, even at Fairridge. Uh, but I understand it is a two-way street. You can give, 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 and give, and take, 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 and take, but it has to be a two-way street. So there's times where I look back, even at Fairridge, that I say, man, I wish I would have had a little bit better relationship, but it's not all on me. It does, it's a two-way street. But for, for you, if you're listening to this podcast as a student pastor, I hope that you understand that it's just it's not just the senior pastor reaching out. It's not just the worship leader reaching out. It's not just the deacons reaching out. You have to reach out too. And, and I think that that is a reason why the typical stay for a youth pastor is only two to four years. And for a worship pastor, it's only two to three years. And even for a senior pastor, it's only three to six years. Because that is part of being effective, is having a relationship with your leader. And I feel like in 2020 that I have the best relationship with my senior pastor, with my deacons, and with my worship leader that I've had with anyone else. And I've had some good times in ministry. But I really do. I love uh, I love Brother Darren. I love Kaylin. I love our deacons to death. And I feel like we have a great relationship overall. And because of that, I feel like I can go to them with anything and they can come to me with anything. So my keys to longevity as I kind of wrap this up is prayer, consistency, relationship with leaders, and the final one is not giving up. Guys, there have been times where I have wanted to resign. My first year at Fairridge, there were times where I wanted to call it in and resign. And I just had to learn not to give up. There have been times in eight years at Fairridge that I have wanted to give up. But I go back to that number one, which is praying. And I prayed and prayed and prayed. And God said no. And whenever God said no, I said no. And there's been times where it's been stressful on me, my wife, my daughter. But I don't give up. Up. And I think that that's another thing. Student pastors, especially young student pastors, are eager to throw in the towel because they feel like that they can move to another student ministry, an easier student ministry, and and flourish there. And I'm telling you right now, the typical stay for a youth pastor is two to four years. That's barely enough time to see uh, students go through a student ministry and thank God that I've been a student pastor at Fairridge for eight years because I've got to see a class go through from seventh to twelfth grade 
and see them graduate, see them go through a student ministry. The class I've got right now started in seventh grade, and they're fixing to go into, some of them are fixing to be sophomores, some of them are fixing to be juniors, and I've got to see them grow up and build a relationship like I've never had before. And I've got to laugh with them and cry with them and and grow with them. And not only that, but grow with their families. And that has been the most rewarding thing. Uh, So don't give up. Like if you're having a tough time at your church, unless you're taking like abuse or something like that, don't give up. It's so easy to give up, but, but... it's so rewarding not to give up and to see uh, people flourish and to see things happen for the gospel. Something this Sunday, this past Sunday happened, and if I had stayed just two to four years, I would have never saw that happen. And we're going to talk about that in episode 11 next week, but I'm super excited to talk about that. But anyways, I kind of wrap this one up. Four things, prayer, consistency, relationships, and not giving up. So I hope that you get something from that. I know this was a longer, this is probably our longest podcast uh, of, of like the 10 episodes. But I hope that you get something from it. Uh, I love all the churches, man. I love Way Shady Grove. I love Trinity. I love Pathway. I love all of those churches. And man, I, I love that West Shady Grove is flourishing now. I see people uh, talking about West Shady Grove. I see people talking about Trinity, that th- the good things are happening. I'm so glad that even though there were some there were some bad times, uh, and I'm so glad that I had those times to learn and grow. I love those people there at both those places. So anyway, I'm going to wrap this up. There are some things that you can do. Uh, you can find the Not A Real Pastor podcast on your favorite podcasting app. I'm available on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Radio Public, Podcast, and Stitcher. You can be sure to follow me on social media. You can go to Not A Real Pastor Podcast on Facebook and give the Facebook page a like. You can also support the Not A Real Pastor Podcast by scheduling a monthly donation to help support what we do on Anchor using Anchor Payments. It'll be a link down in the description for 99 cents. You can support the Not A Real Pastor podcast and what we do. Guys, I hope you have an awesome week. I hope you do great things in your student ministry and I will see you next week. <music>